miserable people what is up welcome to the hollywood heels podcast i am the rock star the renaissance man the duke russo and i am joined by my dog the divine voice himself henron what's up man hello happy halloween um dia de los muertos to anybody celebrating shout out what's going on man monday night raw action your boy with my dog what do we have going on tonight man dude my first question though is what were you for halloween i had a fiend mask uh they they had like the little mask and when when he first passed away and like all the proceeds went to the family and it was just like a little plastic mask but it looked like it looks really good but i just walked around with that and uh was trick-or-treating with my family did you do anything like dress up wise yeah so i i i didn't do much on halloween itself but i on uh last friday had a a halloween gig was our our halloween burlesque i think we called it hell's bells ball um and i was uh william wallace from braveheart so i had a kilt on uh, i painted my face like the the half blue and you know, my hair already kind of looks like I belong in that shit anyway. And, you know, just just kind of just hanging out, you know. A little bit of that uh, Big Daddy Drew vibes right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was like, yo, if I could score that like leather kilt that he wears, man, fuck yeah, I'd be all into that. But no, I went I went a little more traditional, you know, with the, the standard plaid. But, you know, everybody thought that I was William Wallace, but deep down inside, I was the Scottish warrior, Drew McIntyre. Oh, man. And and he should have had a costume on Batman because he's coming for vengeance. And he had some interesting things going on tonight that I can't wait to get into. Yes, he did. Although I don't think he actually... I, I think everything from him was taped. He, we didn't get anything live from him, so there was that. But we are in Greenville, South Carolina, and we are started off with Rhea Ripley coming out with Dirty Dom Mysterio and JD McDonuts. Rhea's saying how they've taken care of every superstar that has stood in their way. And uh, Seth and Drew... Both have a decision to make. Whoever makes the deal with the Judgment Day will be the one to leave Crown Jewel as the champion. Uh, The crowd boos a lot, but when Rhea says that she's the most dominant woman in the WWE, she gets mega cheered. And my my first thought is like, God, when she turns face, dude, can you fucking imagine how ridiculous the crowd is going to be when she finally does turn face? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna love it more than they're loving it right now, and I, I'm I'm eager to see how that turns out. You think that? How do you think the relationship between her and Dirty Don would be? You think it's gonna be a double turn, or do you think he's gonna do something to her? Oh, what do you think? I I think both are a possibility because I think the long term game with Dom is to like eventually have his last match either be like another tag with ray well correction ray's last match would be like another tag with dom or like a face face version like 
Dom turns face and has a final match with Ray. So like I I think Dom is destined to go face again and like that'll be, you know, the the yes, we're going to all remember this time with Dom, but I think that's going to be like when Dom is truly going to come into his own cuz let's be real, we don't fucking hear the dude talk because he gets booed so hard. Um so like maybe they could do both of them at the same time, but I also don't really think that like this relationship of theirs is super long term. I feel like if it was a legitimate relationship, like an off-screen one, then yes, that could be a possibility, but it's not. They're both like uh Dom's been married to like the same uh, uh, his high school sweetheart or somebody he's known for a long ass fucking time and Rhea's engaged. So that leads me to believe that they wouldn't like have a problem breaking them up, but I don't know that. Yeah, it's gotta be, I I think that Rhea is going to like get tired of everybody being a loser around her, including Dom. And that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I can agree with you there. And we definitely are waiting till we can see uh ray versus dom once again i hear they wanted or maybe it was ray wanted to have a mask versus hair match which would be perfect because dom's getting a shitty haircut i know he wants to cut that at some point but then again that's just another ray victory and i don't think we need to see him whoop his son yet again no, I think the finale will be Dom winning and like Ray acknowledging him raising his arm at the end of the match and that kind of thing. And maybe like some sort of weird thing where like he takes his mask off and gives it to Dom and then maybe Dom finishes out his career wearing his father's mask or some shit like that. Yeah, that'd be he's got to do something with that 619 though. They they got to. I don't like He's just that. too big for it, dude. Like yeah. Dom's like fucking six two, six three, and he's got like a foot on his pops. Like it, it, it doesn't. He needs he needs something better. I do like the three amigos on him though. Yeah, he he can do that. He can hit a frog splash. You know what I'm saying? But um, not the six one nine. I, it's it's just never gonna be my thing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Especially when it's Alina Vega doing it too. But we got Sami Zayn coming out and interrupting Rhea Ripley. He is sick of this judgment day. He's getting all super fucking pumped up, passionate here. He's got the veins popping out of his neck as he's like screaming into the microphone. My name is not Sami Zayn. It's rebellion. It is resistance. Saying that he's, you know, essentially he will not die until he takes care of the judgment day. It was, it was... A little over the top, but I also kind of liked it. Uh, Rhea just kind of laughs it off, saying they don't really need numbers to deal with Sammy. Uh, How about you fight Damien tonight? Dom tries to speak. I think he was trying to say, like, maybe, maybe he'll fight Sammy. I don't know. He gets booed. He wants to take Sammy on right now, though. That much is clear. Uh, they, They go to get Sammy, but Rico comes in to back up Sammy Zayn. JD McDonuts and Dom go to attack Rico, but ultimately fail. Rico tosses him out of the ring, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, so my, my comments on this segment, when Sammy comes out, he's like, I am rebellion 
or did you say my name is resistance some shit like that right my name is rebellion my name is resistance and i'm thinking what's that fucking shitty group that they had with like mace and crowbar and and i can't remember their names man mia yim before she became me chin or whatever oh my god either way that's what i was thinking he was trying to be a part of it was but the crowd got behind it so i mean what can you really say about it um judgment day are little sneaky boys they tried to sneak up but they couldn't and then uh dom's a scary man and we just get right into the match after that yeah and we go to break we come back from break and we are in dirty dom versus rico which was, you know, interesting. We got a handful of matches. This was definitely not match of the night, but it, it was all right. This was okay. Um, compared to some of the later matches, I like this. You know, I, I like seeing Ricochet in there. We know what Judgment Day is going to do, but we know that usually with the Judgment Day interference as well, like we always end up with like something spicy, like a announce table or chair or steps or something you know some some interruptions are boring like i'd say we'd say bloodline what do you see a spike a super kick you know i, I like seeing the outside and the chairs i think it's different i don't you know small small differences maybe it's just because it's different you know we're just not used to, i'm just not used to seeing it but um there was one cute little spot where ricochet was stuck in between the ropes he tried to kick Dominic threw the ropes and Dominic grabbed his leg and pulled him into the ropes to smash his huevos. So he uh, was down there and, you know, mommy and JD are making fun of him. Michael Cole was not having the best night. Um, he called a neck breaker a blockbuster for some reason. I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> he, he definitely was not having uh, the night of nights. <laughs> I hope the guy's okay because he went, you know, 26 years, two days off, and then he took a, a third day off, like right after that. And I don't know. I just hope the guy's okay. Maybe I'm overthinking things, right? But either way, um, Dom ended up winning. He hella cheated. Um, you know, mom is distracting. JD was distracting. Um, Dom pulled Rico from off the apron in between the ropes. Not only does he roll him up, the announcer was yelling, he's got the tights. And I'm like, the tights don't matter. He's got both of his feet on the middle rope. Like, <laughs> the tights are like, he's triple cheating to fucking pin this guy. But Ricochet almost got his revenge after the match. You know, he's about to hit Dom from the top rope, but Rhea dragged him out. And then Rhea hit him with the suck it. I, I like that little addition in there. Bro, I loved, I loved Rhea hitting him with the suck it. I love she breaks that out, but... Uh, speaking of suckets, you see Joel Embiid getting fined, I believe, $35,000 for doing There's, the sucket. Yes, they said they fined him, what, like 8000 something for each thrust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then I don't know if you saw Triple H tweeted out like, hey, you know, WrestleMania 40 is going to be in Philadelphia. And uh, that's going to be a place where you can do that all you want. And you ain't going to get fined. You're going to get cheered. I'd, I'd love to see Embiid get mixed up in WrestleMania. That'd be great. Um, Bro, I could see it now. Joel yeah, Embiid, universal, undisputed WWE champion. 
No, he'd be like a tag team champion with somebody. Like they'd split the belts by then, and you know, like they gave Braun Strowman a tag team title reign with the referee's son. <laughs> so, all right, may- maybe we'll get like a uh, um, a Pat McAfee, Joel Embiid. Yeah, stop! What are they gonna? They're gonna beat a town <laughs> down under, dude. Yes, yes, this is how it's gonna happen. We're gonna get Joel Embiid with a belt. I fucking love it. Oh my god! Uh, after this match, we get a little Raquel Rodriguez vignette. I'm not gonna go over any of these. We got one for every fucking woman that, that is in this fatal five way coming up. Uh, they all basically say the same thing. I'm the best. No one's going to beat me. Blah, blah, blah. Same bullshit. But yeah, we get one for every woman throughout the night. And then we get in to a match that was set up by Alpha Academy issuing an open challenge on social media. And that open challenge was answered by none other than the Creed brothers. Dude, this was match of the night for me. Match of the night for me as well. Like. I had heard about it before it happened. I was hyped, but I'm going to take a quick pause. Go back to the the comment about the the women's five way. Yes, they had a vignette for everybody coming up. Did they? I'm not, And I say, I'm just going to get all my thoughts about all of that out of the way right now. Did they give Zoe Stark like more than everybody else? It felt like she had like three at the end of the episode and everybody else only had one. And then Nia Jax is just the best because she just kept saying squashed i squashed her and i squashed her (laughs) yeah the the, obviously the squashing wins by default um i don't i don't know if they gave zoe more because after i saw because we got the raquel one first and then we got the naya one and by that point like i assumed that we were getting one for every woman in the match and then i just like mentally checked out each time one of them popped up on the screen because i was like this is fucking whatever yeah i, I swear the the zoe one came on multiple times and i'm like do they really think like we don't know who she is or did they forget like they they themselves forgot and they were like did we hit it i don't know hit it again yeah i, don't, I mean she she hasn't really done much other than that like random come out to ambush people to set up the five way she she's kind of been mia a little bit maybe they should have replaced her with zaya lee oh my god zaya lee and i did not like that later on either i didn't like that yeah well dude there's there's a lot to get to there let's let's enjoy match of the night first yes michael cole again before the commercial break he said up next we have Alpha Academy against the Creed Brothers, and then they cut the commercial, and I was like, "What? Like you, you just—I didn't even know they were on Raw for you to just say that." And then we come back from the commercial, and Michael's like, "Oh, um, here are they, are they challenge them on Twitter." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, thanks for explaining it after, I guess." But man, I fucking—I love the Creed Brothers. I love any type of Olympic athlete. I also love whenever Chad Gable's in the ring with another, um wrestler quote-unquote and they actually wrestle because they just go at it for a little bit and then they stop and then they shake hands and then they you know come back to wwe you know so i i love that every single time um chad gable's fucking great um brutus creed julius creed julius mother fucking creed that's all i gotta say that guy's the star of the team like 
holy shit, dude. I think Brutus lost some weight, so it's good to see he trimmed down a little bit. He was the quote-unquote bigger one, but I'm sorry, the other guy just, now he's just bigger and taller, and it's just crazy. Um, but he, he got Otis up on his shoulders. He didn't pick him up, but he was kind of on the ropes already. Got him in the electric chair so they could hit the Brutus ball where homeboy just cannonballs him off the top for the one, two, three. But man, I mean, this, this whole match was fun. They were just hitting big knees. And at one point, Julius hit a 450 to break up a pin. And then Chad Gable hit the moonsaults on top of him. It was crazy. We had the, uh, of course, we had the Caterpillar and Otis tearing off his shirt, which was great. What did Otis say? He said, like, something, 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 big boy. I thought he said, watch out below, big boy. That's what I thought I heard. Oh, that's, come on, Otis. I feel like they're, they're like telling him, yo, you need to like dial back what you say a little bit. Yeah. And um, I think Brutus, maybe he was a little bit nervous because when he was in the ring at first with Otis, it was really weird and awkward. I see. I didn't really feel that way. I mean, they went with like big boy, big boy stuff. Um, he tried to uh, he tried to German Otis and couldn't. And I was like, I need a rematch where he Germans Otis, please. Yeah, we need like give him a best of seven match. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those ones that I won't complain about getting a bunch of rematches for. And also, poor Akira Tozawa eating a German from Ivy Nile outside the ring. And I'm like, yo, are we getting Ivy Maxine? Yeah, I think we're going to get... Um, like I Ivy's going to murder that poor girl. She is, but I think like Alpha Academy, they got to be like, oh no, you got to you know stand up for Tazawa. She's gonna be like, I got to stand up for Tazawa. You don't mess with our new trainee like that. Coach Gable taught me better than that, so she's gonna <laughs> challenge her next week or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd be for and like, dude, I hope, I hope that they keep these dudes up. I hope they keep giving them matches. Obviously, they got a match on uh, the next night at Halloween Havoc Night too. Um, but I really hope like they stick around and, you know, keep Ivy too. like, give her a match or two, you know, I uh, give, give her a Zia Lee match or something, you know, like, come on, the, the, all of these people can go, you know, I, Ivy is obviously like a physical specimen and, and probably could use a little bit more like actual wrestling work, but like, let's be honest, there are some girls up up on the main roster who, who can't exactly go in the ring, you know what I mean? Oh, man, yes. And I'm not even, I'm going to try to hold it together because <laughs> my soul almost left my body at the end of this show, bro. Uh, I'm assuming you're referring to the Becky Zaylee part. No, no, I'm talking the Stricker street fight i don't even know what it was called oh all right all right well we we've got we've got how many more matches we got we got like three or four more matches before we get to that five more matches i think before we get to that this all is right. a hot show there's a lot of action yeah and and overall like you know i, I was i was super fucking hatery over the last smackdown that we had i've I enjoyed this episode overall, actually. I thought this was a pretty decent Raw. Um, 
Like, I felt like this was how you handle a, a go-home episode where, like, you know you're not going to have any major plot developments other than, like, maybe needling the, the um, you know, friction inside the Judgment Day a little bit more. But, like, realistically, nothing dramatic happened in terms of, like, anything new plot-wise. But it was engaging, and it and it... It, it moved, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's a raw, and yes, it's 30,000 hours long, but, like, it didn't feel as drug out as some bras do. Yes, and they, and the people that they had wrestle and the segments that they had with the individuals that they had, it was almost like everything was separate. We didn't feel a lot of blending together, so it felt like there was a lot of action, and, um, right you know, as we get into the next the next couple of segments, we get some nice teasers for where things are gonna go in the future. Yeah. So we end up backstage with the judgment day and we've got Finn and Priest in their locker room, dressing room, and they get trick or treat knocks on the door. And who comes in but another other none other than the new judgment day we got kofi kingston and xavier woods dressed up as essentially damian priest and dirty dom mysterio the judgment day they got the emo kid wigs on they're decked out in the leather purple kofi's got a a carry out container that's purple and inside of it it's got a little baby mini contract and, oh man i fucking love this i wish there was more with it you know, they, they had a couple one-liners back and forth, and then they ultimately leave. Um, but uh, then JD, Dom, and Mommy come in. They talk briefly about what happened to Dom, and they're saying, oh, you know, R Ricochet has to pay. Priest is saying that, hey, you know, if they were all there, if the entire Judgment Day was together, then it wouldn't even have happened in the first place. Priest is obviously starting to seem a little miffed about how there are no leaders in the Judgment Day uh, except for Rhea Ripley. Um, he says that he could cash in on anyone at Crown Jewel. He could cash in on Seth. He could crash in, cash in on... Uh, Roman, it could be Drew, it could be anybody with a belt. So he's got to prepare himself for what could be ahead. And he ain't thrilled that we got mommy here making matches for him. They kind of, you know, brush it out at the end. They, they all come together. But like I said, this is starting to needle a little bit of those issues inside the Judgment Day. And that, that's kind of a theme of this show. Yeah, they're, you know, this isn't the right term, but this has been my word of the week. They're trick gaslighting Damien Priest over there. Like, he's there getting mad, you know, like, and, you know, I thought, thought we didn't have leaders out here, you know, calling the shots. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this. And then they're like, you know what? No, no, no. We set this, I set this match up for you because you're the punishment of the. <laughs> of the judgment day we want you to punish him and hurt him you know and then he's like okay okay yeah yeah i feel it. i'm down now <laughs> and he's just an idiot like they just played you brother um i think it's also cute because before he joined wwe when i believe ring of honor his name was punishment martinez so i like that little callback right there but dom was so 
fucking hype at the end of this segment where they were all like back on the team. He just screams. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> Saiyan Dom. Yeah, it was great. And I love the new day. I can't wait to see a nice tag team, uh, tag team title match in the future. I'd like to see some type of four way or something like that. Um, have we seen new day versus Jay and Cody? I'd like to see that as well. Leading up to it. Um, but I yeah, I thought that tag team was done with, but you know, I don't know. It got kind of teased towards the end of the show that maybe it's not. So maybe we do get a match between those. The stories never finished, as they say. But I loved how um, Judgment Day didn't have any candy, and then Finn Balor took some of Xavier's candy, and he's just eating it like he's not even <laughs> talking to him. Finn is turned into like the. Obviously, he's one of the more popular people in the Judgment Day, but he's turned into like that guy that you watch to see whatever random bullshit he's doing in the background by not even saying anything. Yeah, like you, you know, you're good when you can be the leader, you can be the star, or you can continue to maintain people thinking you have you're at that caliber, but you don't you don't have to do anything like. He he does like two things to show. He comes out there, he yells my dogs. He says double double. Like he does like two things every show, and I fucking eat it up every time. He's honestly kind of like Grayson Waller in that aspect. Man, uh, compared to we we get a another vignette for one of these women. I skip past it, and then we get. Ms. TV, the first Ms. TV of the new season with his esteemed guest, the ring general, Gunther. He wanted to have Gunther on the second that he heard that Bash in Berlin was announced, which I'm still pegging as the show where Gunther wins one of the top belts. Um, Except Gunther doesn't actually come out. Uh, instead, Kaiser and Vinci come out. Uh, Kaiser goes on this whole long rant about how Miz represents everything that is wrong with the WWE, and he is nothing but a clown. And I was like, oh man, there's some major Miz heat. I mean, Miz is used to heat, but like we got some major Miz heat going on here. Uh, and all right, Miz acknowledges, you know, I've, I've been called a lot of things, but one thing that I've never been is a sidekick. And then he points to Vinci and he's like, well, and then I guess that makes you the third wheel. And holy shit, Vinci can speak. He can talk. He tells Miz that you were your wife's sidekick on Total Divas. And Miz is as shocked as we all are. You can speak. And you've got a deep voice. Dude, he played that off so well. I fucking loved it. Uh, and Gunther finally, finally arrives. And he says, he is not the Miz's guest. Everything that the Miz does, Miz himself is beneath him. And he does not respect Miz at all. Doesn't matter how entertaining the Miz is. Nothing matters in the ring once the bell rings other than how good of a wrestler you are. And that is why you are a talk show host and Gunther is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Miz takes a moment to remind him of his 
IC run. And you know what? He's not opposed to having another. And I was I was kind of surprised at how behind the Miz the crowd was here. Kaiser pokes the bear a little bit. He smashes the pumpkins that are out as decorations. He starts tossing the quote-unquote set of Miz TV out of the ring when Miz finally retaliates. Gunther levels him and tells him that he is not in Gunther's league. And Miz is forced to essentially leave the ring with his tail between his legs. Uh, this this was this was a juicy Miz TV man. Yo, this exceeded my expectations. Like earlier on in the show, they gave us a preview. They said we're gonna have Miz TV versus Gunther, and I'm like, obviously you know where this is going. And I'm like, Miz Gunther. I'm like, that sounds bad. And I was like, man, that's kind of whack. And then Miz TV happens, and then you know, awesome. I came to play. So I was like, okay, all right, you know, I could get behind it. And then Gunther doesn't come out, and then you know, Imperium comes out, and they're talking shit. And I'm like, okay, the crowd. So is is Miz a babyface now? Like, did, did this just happen? The crowd is behind him. He fucking fried Giovanni Vinci. Like the poor guy, dude. And I was like, oh my god. I was like, I was like, and he's, and he's speaking up. I was like, he's gonna get like his fucking life chewed away by the Miz, and like that's the worst. By, by tiny balls himself that's the worst thing that could ever happen to you and then to get double shut down by kaiser like you speak only when the ding dinner or i tell you to talk and he shut up real quick like damn like that homie but yeah man like gunther is gonna literally murder this man like literally like it's over with um i thought it was cute when Gunther just, I guess he speaks in German and they grab the pumpkin and they, they drop the pumpkin. <laughs> like you could have said it in English. You know, we, we, we all knew what you meant. I thought he was going to hit him with the pumpkin. That's what I thought he told him to do. But no, uh, he hits him with a chop, but it was a bad chop because he's wearing like a full suit. And, and on commentary, Wade Barrett, he's, he's, you know, top 10 suit game, I'd say, you know. But he said Gunther had a better suit game than, than the Miz, and I'm sorry, I don't think so. I I disagree as well. I think, you know, it, it's the in look right now to do the whole like slightly shorter inseam pants, no socks, and dress shoe thing. But like, so maybe that's why he was giving it to him because I feel like nowadays people just think that looks cooler. But like, the Miz is always dressed quite well. That that blue with the pink, like that pops every single time. Like that was crisp. Yeah, and he just had the full like it looked like Gunther just had like a, a light sweater on underneath his blazer or something, you know. Which again, Gunther was dressed pretty stylish, but to say it was above the Miz, I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and then Ludwig Kaiser, that was a female shirt that he was wearing. They weren't even like quarter sleeves, they were like one sixteenth. He he's he's digging out of uh, Tiffany's wardrobe. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Like I I hope that's the backstory there. That's actually great. Maybe they make her take on some weird European accent and bring her up and make her the girl of the Imperium. I honestly think they could do that, but Imperium's Imperium's gonna die. Yeah, it's uh, after after the match later tonight. I think it's it's. 
pretty much toast. You you can you can start to bury him right now. Um, backstage, Midge is Midge. Miz is still pissed, and he is going after Adam Pierce. Says that he's never been so disrespected in his life. Adam Pierce is like, uh. Sure about that? <laughs> I love that line because we've seen Miz get his fair share of disrespect, warranted and unwarranted. He demands an intercontinental championship match. And Pierce is like, yo, I can't I can't do that. I can't just put you in the match, but I can get you an opportunity to have one. Bronson Reed shows up. Uh, we we get another segment later tonight. They're they're setting up a fatal four way match for the Intercontinental Championship number one contender. We've got the Miz, Bronson Reed, Ricochet, and Ivar. And if if it wasn't for Ivar being in it, I would say, you know what? Miz would probably find a way to win this, but I actually feel like Ivar is going to win and we're going to get Gunther Ivar. And fuck yes, give it to me. Yes. Oh my God, Ivar. I'm so glad that he's in the picture now. That is perfect. I wouldn't mind seeing, but so somehow we are, I think somehow we're going to get Ms. Gunther. I still think that that's going to happen. I don't know why Ricochet is involved in this. He shouldn't be. Um, Agreed. That was just random and weird because he's also not fucking winning that. But I could, I'd like to see a rematch with Bronson Reed, but I want to see Ivar versus Bronson. I want to see a one on one match. I don't, you know, or, or what if somebody takes out Ricochet again? I don't care if it happened recently before to take him out again. So it's only a three way. And then we get goofy ass Miz, like he gets squished. And then we get the two big men fighting. And then the Miz tries to sneak in there and he ends up sneaking it in. And then he gets the, the recent match and then we get another number one contenders match between the two for an actual you know competitive title match yeah that that would make sense i mean to be fair like rico didn't even really seem like he wanted it he he was he was complaining to pierce about what happened with his match in dom and how he was like quadruple cheated out of it and pierce is like yeah i see all that stuff like i'm not fucking blind i saw that you know you you should have won basically so how about this i make you part of the ic number one contenders match and rico's like yeah thanks but that's not even really what i was asking for you know what I mean? So that whole thing was just fucking weird. I felt like they could have just left him out of it. You know, that's when Valhalla and Ivar showed up, and Valhalla's like, the gods demand that you make it so, and, and all this fucking dramatic bullshit. But, um, yeah, it was just weird. It doesn't feel like Ricochet belongs in that. Yeah, and just just as you described it right now, when he talked to Adam Pierce, that's literally like going to your manager and being like, hey, I, I work these days, and... um you know, these hours didn't show up on my paycheck and they were like, oh, my bad. But how about I put you in a raffle with the rest of your employees for a day off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's it. Uh, oh, no. I would have not been thrilled with that. I don't think Rico was thrilled. I mean, of course, it's a title shot. So maybe it's like I'll put you in a raffle where you get a chance to get a promotion and a raise, but I'm not necessarily going to take care of adjusting your pay. Like, okay. So, thanks, I guess. Um, we get into a match right away. We are in the 
Imperium DIY match. The the first in-ring appearance of DIY. And what did they say? Like seven years or some shit? A uh, funny note before we get to that, you know, in this whole like tirade that I've been on about Nick Aldis being in, in the ring and whatnot and talking about people that he's younger than, I'm pretty sure him and Johnny Gargano are actually the same age. That should help fucking put it into perspective a little bit. Yeah, three years, I believe, is what they were touting on commentary, which is a long time. Like, which 2.5 of those years, Gargano had moved up to the main roster and they haven't done anything with him pretty much. Exactly. Um, but they they seem to, I'm, I'm taking a leap here, but they seem to somewhat be behind them as a tag team because we have matching outfits completely different from what we've seen Ciampa wearing and it's similar to what Gargano's been wearing but they're like the same unique color scheme it matches their intro and now they got intro music as a tag team like that's all all that just happened like it took Street yeah. Profits three months to get new music you know and saying? they've got the video screen display of DIY and everything like yeah they're they're fully invested in them as a tag team at this point I was hyped going into the match. I wanted this to be match of the night, but it wasn't. They just didn't do enough here, and they could have done a lot more. I feel like, especially with these four individuals, like this is your opportunity to go out there and be like, hey, we're not middle-tier cruiserweight people that you can just forget about. Like, We actually are great wrestlers, and they had some nice little spots here. Um, Gargano countered a power bomb and hit like a giant DDT where it looked like the guy just speared the ground on his own. It was actually disgusting. Um, Gargano spent a lot of the match just getting his ass whooped. Like a lot of the match just getting his ass whooped. Ciampa came in and I'm not a fan of a Ciampa comeback. He hits like some clotheslines and he does like the Luthez press and the punches. I don't like that. I, I like a Gargano comeback when he's ducking and dodging and super kick, Rana, slingshot DDT. That shit's fun, right? Ciampa, you mean you don't like when Wade Barrett gets on commentary and says, oh, Ciampa is mounting Vinci? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Context, and- please. And honestly, I think Giovanni Vinci looked the best in this match, man. I'm a big Giovanni Vinci fan. The guy, I guess he can talk, right? With his deep voice. Like, do they just not let him? Like, or maybe, I don't know. But, like, he's so athletic. Like, at one point, he he dodges Tampa or some shit and literally just sprints up to the top rope um, into a moonsault. Nobody's there, just eats it. You know, but like not anybody, not most people can hit that like that. And of course, he eats the the meat in the middle. That's what that's what Michael Cole called it. But I, I can't trust it. He also called it the Cody one D. So I, I'm just going to rename <laughs> everything that he says. You know, I don't know what to what to call it either, though. I, my my notes say the DIY kick knee smash. <laughs> but what well, is it meat in the middle? Like M.E.A.T. Like slap that meat or what? Okay, if it's if it's meat in the middle, then that's the name, and I'm down with that. That's how I was hoping it it was. But but either way, one, two, three, um, DIY with the victory. Yeah, and honestly, like the prevailing thought that I had this entire match, I I too was very surprised at that like scale the ropes moonsault from Vinci. But the whole time I was like. 
wow, you know, once Imperium does actually break up, which how pissed Kaiser looked after the match, I was like, uh, is probably not too terribly far away. Um, I just feel like Vinci's going to disappear into nothingness, and I kind of feel bad. I, unfortunately, this probably not going to be the best thing, right? But honestly, they might need to repackage him, right? Because and they've already repackaged him once. I'm pretty sure he had a different name beforehand. Um, him and Kaiser. I mean, maybe maybe repackage him down in NXT and and let him kind of. Yeah try to build up a bit of a crowd following there and then bring him back up i mean he could be like i think he could be an nxt champion i think he could put on that good of a match if they let if they change his character and let him go i think he could do that possibility we shall see um after this, we get a little Nakamura vignette. He's still looking for his next victim to awaken him. And I don't think it was ever fully addressed in the show. They they dropped it on social media. But we know who is answering his call. This person believes that they have finally found the calling that they've been looking for. Do you know who that person is? Mr. Nasty himself. Naz Nasty! Oh my god, Akira Tozawa will be answering Shinsuke Nakamura's call. And I actually kind of like this. I pray that they finally give Akira Tozawa a much, much, much deserved win. And uh, just, just, just do it, please. So, unfortunately, I don't think he's winning. Um, my thoughts on this right here, and I'm I'm really enjoying these Shinsuke promos and the shit that he says. Like you just mentioned, who's going to uh, awaken me? You know, he's looking for his next sacrifice. Come poke the lion. That's what the strong and the brave do. No, the strong and the brave don't poke lions. Like that's the the stupid do that. But you know, whatever. I think that they're just keeping him warm for a big face return the viper himself Insuke Randy but but see like doesn't Randy Orton need to be involved in something with a belt not right away he needs to come back and Shinsuke talking this shit he needs to get a nice victory over Shinsuke who's you know one of the top heels right now and then that can Put him right into a title picture after that. All right, all right. I have it. I have it. I have Randy Orton's return. We're going to get the war game set up. It's going to be Judgment Day, maybe plus members of the Bloodline, and you're going to have it set up where it's like Sammy, KO, Cody, Jay, and I don't know, Seth or something, and somebody's going to get injured, and we don't know who's going to fill in. And then all of a sudden, we get the entrance of the legend killer himself. Interesting, interesting. I have a uh, a slightly, slightly different idea I had in mind for my my Survivor Series uh, matchup as well. But I'm I'm saving that for I think we got we got three more promos or three more segments before I drop my big bomb of the episode the h-bomb of the episode well 
The next match is the most important match. We get to the esteemed debut. We've seen her be touted on so many shows at this point. We, we've been waiting for her in-ring debut. We didn't know when it was going to be. She's been such a monster and such a force on the shows. We finally get an in-ring appearance from Zia Lee against Candice Lachey. Michelle. Candice Michelle. Whatever whatever Michael Cole called her. (laughs) Um, And and also, I just want to ask you, like, so Indy Hartwell can come out for Candice's match and hang out ringside, but Candice can't hang for Indy's championship match? Super weird. Super weird. And I'm thinking all that this is going to lead to is Indy Hartwell getting her head kicked off as well can she can she reach it though she'll bend over a little bit she'll you know crouch yeah let's get this match over with oh my goodness so there was a what what had happened like at the start of the match there were like a backstage segment or some shit like that and diary said some shit about they told me i couldn't weather the storm and i told them I am the storm. <laughs> and I lost it right there. They oh gave both God. of them like kind of lengthy video intros. And they did this a couple times through the night where like a lot of people for a lot of the matches got these like video vignette intros. And I was like, you know, Xylees was all like Chinese martial arts based and they're talking about oh how you know she's the first women from china to debut in the wwe and i was just like yeah you're not like i still don't know just no yeah um i guess they're trying to make us care right because obviously with this segment which i was not a fan of they're trying to push Zia Lee, which I don't think they're just going to feed her to Becky or is Becky going to take the L, but we'll, and we get this match right here. It wasn't that good. Um, Candice LeRae hit a nice little senton while the other girls on all fours back to back. It looked nasty. Those always look nasty because you get the extra bend in the back. Um, Zia Lee hit a big chop. She yelled to the crowd. She said, come on, you know, trying to hype up the crowd. And nobody said shit at all. Thank you. Thank you, crowd. That's what I wanted. That's what I asked for. And you gave it to me. But we get a, a knee from Zia Lee, which it didn't look good. It looked like she hit her in the chest, not the head at all. And then she basically hit a trouble in paradise. They, you know, called it a spinning roundhouse, whatever the hell they said. But it was the trouble in paradise. And she hit it and, you know, Kenneth Ray went down and she like looked dead as shit. And then the ref's like kind of looking at her Then the ref kind of walks away. Then Zia goes to get her and then she kind of won't get up. And then the ref's like, whoa, hold on, don't touch her. And I'm like, why didn't you stop her from getting her in the first place? And then like now the ref's looking at her and and then Kenneth Ray tries to stand up. And the way she fell down, such good acting. I, which I am hoping it's just acting cheese and rice because you literally just like lost her balance and just like fell on her ass and then like slumped right back over. Like she had no balance in a concussion. And one, I'm assuming this was all just 
playing up to it because it ended up being a you know TKO ref stoppage. Zaylee won the match, but I'm sorry. When she got up and she was all wobbly again and it looked like she had a concussion, she should have black master and kicked her fucking head off again. And then she should have like lost in a DQ and then had to get a rematch after this girl's like in the hospital on some Von Wagner shit. That's what they should have done. I agree. Um, I did see some people on Twitter like, oh my God, it's Candice LeRae, right? Like, is, it was, that looked like it was a legitimate injury. No, people, I've looked it up and no, it was not. Candice LeRae is fine. That was indeed a work. And like, the kick wasn't even that good. Like, let's be honest. She didn't even make that great a contact. So, this, I, I warned you. I warned everybody if Zia Lee was finally going to appear in the ring and it was anything but like she should have just opened with the kick, kicked the girl's head off, and that should have been the match right there. And if it was anything short of that, anything short of like, holy shit, I was going to shit on her. And yeah. This this was not enough. I'm sorry. And then like you got Wade Barrett like basically trying to speculate why this girl's career never worked out, and he's like, oh well, maybe it's a language barrier. And I was like, wow. Like I was kind of surprised that he actually said that on television. Like, oh yeah, this girl can't speak English. That's why she's not in the show. It's like, whoa, Wade. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> that was that was a little much. As much as I'm not even really a fan of the girl, I was kind of surprised that he went that route. But you know, he's trying to speculate on why this girl's career hasn't worked out and i was like well maybe because she sucks in the ring <laughs> like how about we just go with that i think the commentators were on the spooky juice on this episode they were sipping yeah yeah they got the scissor going inside them uh pumpkin goblets but i dude this just no just no i'm not into this at all like i'm push candace LeRae. you know what i mean like that girl's been around forever, and like she ha- she had some amazing times in NXT. Some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen of hers was shit that you sent me on YouTube. Of her fighting like five dudes at once on top of a bed of thumbtacks and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like this girl's fucking crazy, and she can go in the ring. Push her. She's also got the aesthetic of like the poison pixie Disney girl. Like you know what I mean? Like she she I f- I feel like would have you know how like bianca belair has grown this huge cult following amongst little girls watching wwe i feel like candace LeRae could also be like that so like fucking push her instead of zia lee like i i don't i don't know i don't understand it i i'm just gonna shut up before i say anything too horrible yeah um we kind of dropped that obligatory statement about uh, Candice LeRae in the way and DIY <laughs> and Natalia, you know, we we love these individuals. These are just our views on how based on this television show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's their characters, you know. And and to be even furtherly fair, it's sometimes not even them or their characters. A lot of the times, it's just how the WWE decides to handle them. Yeah. Zia Lee is definitely a victim of that. Do you think she made all these decisions about like trying to how to hype her up and like all this bullshit and and then have the match go? No, that was all WWE's call. I had nothing to do with her. But like still the the character essentially is a property of WWE as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, they, you know, you know, WWE, they own everything. Yes. And uh, after this, whatever you wanted to call it, um, we end up backstage with Sami Zayn and main event Jey Uso. Jay was all hyped up about Sammy's passion all earlier. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he called Sammy Doggy Dog. He said something, you know, he probably, he rolled up yelling my dog and they were just way too hype. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and Sammy, you know, kind of walks off as Jackie's coming in to ask Jay about a few things. She's asking Jay about how things went down last week. And he's like, you know, I'm going to slide on Finn soon, but, uh, you know, everybody else is going to handle their stuff as well. We got, we got Cody and Priest. We, we got all sorts of things going on with the Judgment Day. We got Sammy and JD. And you know what? Maybe maybe he and Cody should run it back and get those tag titles back. And he drops a little like, yeah, and then let's see how Rhea looks at me now. I was like, oh, man, please give this to me. Maybe that's going to be Rhea Ripley's face turn is, is a kayfabe relationship with Jey Uso. She's just gonna move on. She's gonna drop Dirty Dom. Yo, that was real. That's the real villain arc right there. He'll really get into his heel role. <laughs> oh my god, he will like start donning the mask, and it'll be like some you know cross between Ray's Batman mask and the Fiend. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like that's like a really good idea. Like you, then he can become more vicious. Then he could really get rid of. All because he doesn't care about his dad anymore, so he can get rid of all that owed to his father stuff just to get under his skin. He can develop a more vicious move set to match how he feels on the inside, dude. And he should like he should disappear for three to six months and literally just live in the gym, get all juiced up, and just come back a jacked fucking monster in a mask. Oh man, dude. Uh, I, this this is the recipe for Dirty Dom to become my favorite wrestler. And he's going to revive the Judgment Day. Cuz I assume once Mommy leaves then it's going to break up, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's getting to a point sooner or later where it's just going to be Mommy and Finn, I feel like. But um right this is where i'm gonna jump right into it here because this is where my my mind started working which leads into my huge prediction for this uh upcoming crown jewel show and where we're going here in the future we had the little segment here uh behind the scenes vid with drew you know complaining about all the stuff that happened and you know i won in the pandemic and didn't have my fans yada 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 what i Got from this, we know that Drew McIntyre hates the bloodline. We know that. And we know that the Judgment Day has no leaders. And we know that the winner on Saturday is going to be the person who makes the right choice and joins the Judgment Day, whether that's Drew or Seth. I think that Drew is going to win or. Well, so Drew's going to win. I'm not exactly sure how. I'm thinking that Priest is going to come out, make it a three-way, and try to win. But Judgment Day, JD McDonough, Mommy, Dirty Dom, Finn, 
they're going to get in the way and they're going to make him lose. So that way Drew takes the title and he loses the briefcase and Drew is going to become the new leader of the Judgment Day and he's going to lead them to go take out the bloodline at uh, Survivor Series. That's my wild prediction. Okay, I can get behind that. Uh, I don't. I don't know that Drew would be the leader, but I could see essentially like he becomes the enforcer, and then maybe have more power than Priest does right now. But I, I can't imagine the Judgment Day not having Rhea Ripley as the leader, but because, like I said earlier, I feel like she's literally become. As big of a face of the WWE, not a face in in the in the in the baby face sense, but a face of you know popularity and just icon of the WWE as much as Roman is. So I I think Rhea stays as the pseudo leader of the leaderless faction. But yeah, if if we can get like a swap of Priest and Drew, but have Drew be more active in that role than priest has been that would be interesting i do very much get the sense that no matter what happens how it happens i think that priest is going to be a failed cash-in yeah he's he's on the outs sucks for him yeah because not everybody gets this opportunity and then we we went over the list not too long ago of the failed cash-ins money in the bank has existed for quite some time and i think there's like four or five failed cash-ins it's not a long list and it's not a proud list by any means and i really feel like damian priest's name is about to be on that list poor guy hopefully they do something with i i i think as a face he'll come back and you know, probably beat Drew McIntyre or somebody like that. I, I think they still would like to push the guy. Maybe he'll return as the Archer of Infamy. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of funny that, like, his 3D graphic is still that, you know? It's like he still kind of is the Archer of Infamy, but he's also still kind of not. I hated that gimmick. I hated the whole bow and arrow. I hated that stupid reckoning crossroads move. I hate I hated everything about it. Like you don't know, maybe that's gonna be his face return. We will have to wait and see. Uh we've got Seth freaking Rollins coming out to welcome everybody to Monday night Rollins. Dude, those fucking shades he was wearing with the spikes on them. I need me a pair ASAP. That's that's something I would totally be rocking. And he's talking about how he's about to beat the Judgment Day's bag boy. He's also talking about Drew. He watched that whole vignette that we also just got of, of Drew basically recapping his entire career and and winning the pandemic in front of nobody, losing at Clash of the Castle. Boo freaking who, Drew. Cry me a river. Plenty of people had it harder than him during the pandemic. And everybody else has been done wrong by the bloodline. But nobody else is going around looking for pity. Seth's going on when he's ambushed by J.D. McDonuts to get right into their match. That was kind of mean. <laughs> like he's got no it reason. in him. 
my goodness man but yeah and i was thinking like i had the smackdown syndrome when this shit was popping off because i was like why isn't seth in the main event and i was like how much more show yes. is still going on and i was like what time is it bro that was the first thing that i thought when i saw seth come out because you could tell he was in his ring attire he had the belt on like you could tell he was coming out for the match and i'm like what fucking world are we living in that the world heavyweight championship match is not the main event yeah I, I struggled thinking i'm writing in my notes like what the hell is going on like i'm like we still have an italian match but i'm like why in the hell is that the main event of the show i completely forgot about the Sami Zayn match that they set up at the beginning of the night but i'm still like even that like it should have been your champion yeah i my, my guess was because it was against the judgment days bag boy Oh no. Yes, it is though. But yeah, yeah, they they let this match breathe a little bit more than I expected them to. And JD is uh he's like milking all of his opportunities because any like anytime he takes anything, he takes it 15. I think there was another like giant back body drop. He got like thrown over the top rope at one point and he just held on to it so that his body just completely flipped over, like just dangerously almost. It was kind of crazy. Um, he hits the big headbutt with that giant head, which couldn't just be his finisher because like I, it, you just die, you know, that's like, you know, on a Samoan level, as the WWE <laughs> would tell you. Um, they were fighting over pedigrees for like the whole match, you know, and JD tries to hit his nice little yoink up suplex, which I like it, but I don't think I've ever seen him hit it on the main roster. I don't think I've like seen him do anything like positively since he's been here. He literally just gets his ass kicked. Um, he eats a fucking nasty buckle bomb. Um, we eventually get Priest coming out here with the briefcase. You know, just just chilling. Seth hits a nasty back superplex, and you know they're like, "Oh, on your back!" I'm like, "You could have picked the guy up and turned, and maybe done like some, you know, like a modified spine buster or one hand power bomb or something. You didn't have to land on your back, Seth. You already have a bad back. We got to remember that." But there was a nice little ending sequence when JD was trying to hit a pedigree, but he couldn't. Um, Seth like reversed it into a roll up. Um, and then, like, grabs the guy's ankles, flips him over his own head to grab him into a pedigree, which she hits the pedigree, hits the stomp, and then one, two, three for the pin while staring down Damien Priest. Then he hops out the ring to go holla at the man, and he's basically telling him to make a move. Come at me, brother. But Priest decides to leave him alone. Yeah, and... Priest clearly gives no fucks about JD because that whole time he didn't really give a shit about anything that was happening to him or the condition that he was in. He was just out there to see if this was his moment to cash in or not. And then when he saw it wasn't, he just left. <laughs> like, okay, JD's a corpse, but you know what? It's fine. We can just kind of leave him there. That's the small ounce of respect that Priest had for JD because he came out there because he thought Maybe this guy might actually hurt him enough where I could cash in. And then he realized, nah. I don't know why I thought that. In the words of LA Knight, nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> 
Um, we we get the uh, the setup for that fatal four way that I talked about. We also get a little little shot of Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. They showed up as the Hart Foundation. We got Chelsea Green as Bret Hart and Piper Niven as Jim the Anvil Neidhart, uh, which are um, Natalia's father and uncle. So that'll be for their upcoming match. And then we get an interview. We get Jackie interviewing Becky Lynch. Becky's happy that out of anybody that could have beaten her, she's happy that it was Lyra. Uh, she also takes a moment to point out that she's defended that title in the short reign that she had more times than Rhea Ripley or Roman Reign have. Reigns has this year. When Zia Lee interrupts, asks Becky, what are you doing? You lost the belt before I could have my match. Where's my match? Zia Lee, what are you doing? What are you doing, girl? Like, oh my god, this is getting so fucking ridiculous that even Becky's like, like I, I just said, if you want a match, you can have it, but like, no, you don't want a match. Like, what, what, what is going on here? Dude, just please, please end this. Like, why are we building up Xylee if we're just going to feed her to Becky? But On her no, terms. But there's no way Xylee's going to beat Becky. No, not at all. This is so fucking dumb, dude. Like, I don't... I don't know. I I just I don't I don't need this anymore. Like please. This this is making me tap out. I'm officially tapping out. Uh I am in the yes lock currently and I'm tapping out like a motherfucker. Can't can't wait to see when she decides that she's ready. Yeah. I mean this is uh, What what kind of match did uh Shinsuke and and uh, Seth just half uh, last man standing maybe that's what she's waiting is so that Becky says we could do it on your terms and she wants a last man standing match with Becky I, I don't know just fucking get over it just just if we're gonna get this just give it on a random raw make it the first match of the night so we can get it out of the way and just never deal with this again um, and then we are in our trick or street match of Natalia versus Chelsea Green and I was surprised, like, we're, we're kind of opposite this one. I actually thought that this was more fun than I expected. I'm not saying that it was, like, a great match or even a super fun match. Just more fun than I expected it to be. Oh. Um, I had a couple rants randomly through this, but number one... Who the hell invented bobbing for apples? Yeah, let's shove our head in a giant dark barrel filled with water that's cold as fuck and see if I can bite in an apple to pick it up. Like, maybe if it was for free apples and I was broke and I lived on the streets or something, that, that sounds, you know, like I could survive for five extra minutes. But that does not sound fun. Maybe that's just me. But wow, I don't even... like. And obviously, we knew what was going on with this match. When they lined everything up around the ring, you know, that's that's why they had to take so long. What the hell kind of costume did Natalia have on? I don't know if it's supposed to be like like a Playboy bunny, but I it think was she black. was uh, I think she was trying to be Ariana Grande. 
because I feel like I've seen Ariana Grande wear that exact outfit multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that same thing now as well. But I don't. It was. Um, I'd say inappropriate. I felt this. I felt this whole match was inappropriate. This felt like wow. some some attitude era uh nonsense right i mean you here. saw you saw what i texted you right i'm not yes. gonna say it on the air but <laughs> dude i literally literally I, i'm gonna go through my my notes right here i did i did love the the costumes from piper and chelsea it's so disrespectful but holy fuck those costumes were so good like like they win the night they yes. they win that's the best costume i've literally seen this year for halloween i haven't seen anything like on twitter or anything that did it for me um we saw the pie we knew that somebody was gonna take the pie to the face um and she took it to the face early i was really surprised that we got a pie shot this early um but (laughs) and then the announcers again sipping the spooky juice talking about um she they randomly threw candy in the ring and they said candy is candy but liquor is quicker that's what michael cole said <laughs> we know what so they've I'm, been doing i'm like what the hell and then the crowd randomly starts chanting for we want tables and i'm like you know what you could chant at it i don't care at this point <laughs> holy fuck because i want a table too they got the the kendo stick and it was supposed to be like like the candy corn kendo stick or something like that but then michael cole called it the candy cane and i was like hey that's actually really good and he's like no that's not it and i was like the one time you had it um, <laughs> and then you messed it up oh my god piper niven did not help out at all like chelsea had to keep calling her and asking for help i'm pretty this looked like a notice qualification match i don't know why they just it wasn't just a 2v1 match um why the hell did natty randomly attempt a sharpshooter on piper on the outside and then chelsea ran over there like to kick her but then just put her leg in between the other natalia's legs and then lay down on top of piper like oh no she's got me perfectly in the position what and then they, she like, what do they hit her with the skeleton? I'm dead. That's what I was saying to myself. Like the the memes, that shit. I was making myself laugh because this match was fuck me. What the hell was? I wrote so many notes on this shit too. Like just mad this entire match. Um, fucking pumpkins back at the announce table, and Nikki Cross is just inside of a pumpkin. Like Chelsea accidentally picked it up and then put it back down, and then she's like, wait. And then she picked it up again. I don't know if that was on purpose or she's supposed to be ditzy. What? And then she, she saw her, put it down, saw her again when she picked it up again, grew, like like fell into her, looked at her close up, and then screamed, and then somehow lost control. The the pumpkin somehow fell on her head. She headbutted, <laughs> she headbutted the post. With the pumpkin on her head. I don't know what the fuck was going on, dude. Oh, my God. Natty, they get back in the ring. Natty's trying to hit a sharpshooter. And the kendo stick is right there. And Chelsea Green doesn't grab it. 
And then Natty just lets go of the sharpshooter because Piper's standing on the ring apron. And I'm like, Piper hasn't done anything. And what do you, why is the ref talking to her now? What's even going on? Why'd you let go? It's not like she got in the ring. Just break her back. Oh my God. And then Piper takes a pie to the face. She eats a uh, discus clothesline. And then Natalia turns around and eats the unprettier. For the one, two, three. What are we doing? This division's dead. These titles are a joke. Get Natalia. I've been saying, get Natalia off my screen for like four months. What is she doing? What's what's Nikki Cross doing? So I I have to say that I felt like that whole Nikki Cross sequence made it for me because I also was dying. That was fucking hilarious. Like again, I don't know if that played out the way that they planned, but how it played out was hilarious and then i don't know how nikki cross can keep a straight face through all of that because she you know wade barrett was talking about like is she a wax figure or is that actually nikki cross and i'm like you know that's kind of fair because she played that off so well um i agree i was like this is a no dq match and they even said it that yeah this is a, a trick or street fight match where there's no dqs anything goes and i'm like Okay, well, Piper came out by herself. She didn't come out with fucking uh, uh, Tegan Knox or anybody. So, and we got Piper Niven there. So, like, why don't they just essentially treat it like a handicap match and they lay her out? That double sharpshooter spot was so bad, dude. It was so bad. And she, like, tried it and then, like, realized that both their legs wouldn't work. And I was like, didn't you guys fucking try this before the match or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> to realize that there was no way that this was going to work? Like, I don't know. But, dude, there were so many questionable moments that, yeah, that there were... Uh, there were so many things that I can say about this match and I'm just not going to. <laughs> but I don't think I need to. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I'm glad like and I was I think I was more upset because I completely forgot that Priest and Zane were up next and I thought this was the main event and I was literally like I was mad but I calmed down a little bit after that and I did enjoy the Nikki stuff and how commentary was quote-unquote interacting with Nikki because we Wade Barrett said that one thing about the wax figure, and then Michael Cole was like, "No, no, I, I saw her nose twitch," and then and then Wade Barrett's like, "You're getting a little too close there, Cole." <laughs> yeah, they were on something this show. Maybe you know that whatever whatever main event Jey Uso offered Sami Zayn the other night of you know whatever he's got to get him out of his head. Maybe he shared a little bit with commentary tonight. Must have been, man. Must have been. But, uh, you know, it was what it was. It happened. We'll go with that. It happened. Um, And now we are finally on to our main event. We had Damian Priest versus Sami Zayn. Ultimately, nothing on the line other than superiority in regards to the Judgment Day. Correction. I I have to fix this match headline we had damian priest versus the rebellion the resistance he changed his name dude new t-shirt new merch new music sammy resistance actually i could kind of get behind that as long as it's not some stupid military gimmick i'm down 
Nah, nah, some like underground guerrilla warfare thing. Sammy Resistance. Oh, dude, yes, dude, because he'd be speaking French and shit. That, and he wears like the little beret that actually would be lit. Yeah. And he, you know what? He starts wearing the KO tank top, the cutoff one. Yeah. I think we're on to something here, man. Sammy Zayn didn't need a new character, but congratulations. We just gave you one, bro. Oh, man. But this was, uh, honestly, this was a match. Like, they, they went out there. They tried to do what they were going to do. But this was your standard Raw match where, yeah, they, they slapped each other. They punched each other for a little bit. One person would catch a little bit of an upper hand, and the other person would catch a little bit of an upper hand. Nothing super major. Um, it really was um, Damien Priest hit his little old school reckoning move, which is similar to the crossroads, which was exactly pointed out by a commentary. They're like, was that a shot at Cody? And then they zoom in on Priest's face as he's leaning on the ropes. I hope you're watching Cody. So <laughs> I think it was. Um, which I guess he was watching because he, he eventually came out. But yeah, of course we had interference from judgment day we get finn distracting we get dom actually attacking him and then we get just me ooze we get jay out here to save the day he's like i don't know what the hell he's doing when he's coming down the ramp and he just jumps in the air and he takes out dom and like if i'm dom and a man is like walking and swerving down the ramp and then jumps five feet in the air to clothesline me I don't think that's going to hit me. Like, I don't think I'm going to let that hit me. But, you know, he took it to the face um, and he was down. And then they're like kind of he's like fighting, kind of fighting like Finn on the outside, but not really. And then he's like standing on the like edge of the ring on the ground looking back. But there's like there's no reason for you to be looking or acknowledging the ring. There's a match going on between two individuals and there's nobody interfering because you took the two people who are interfering out. But then he gets in the ring for some reason. And then uh, Damien Priest tries to attack him. And then he super kicks Damien Priest. And then Sami Zayn loses the match by disqualification. And I'm like, the fuck was that? Yeah, and then we get a whole bunch of more bullshit. Like, I, 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 that's what I felt like. I felt like this match wasn't about the match. It was more about, like, all the shit that ensued afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I guess we needed to have that action and chaos because you got to hype up all these matches simultaneously because they did feel like there was a lot of things. Like, they had to not only do a go-home episode, but they also had to progress certain storylines to lead into next week's raw because that's where we're eventually going into their what they care about well, maybe more survivor series and their actual big four events even though they make more money off of this crown jewel probably yeah and i f i felt like this episode also served a lot in terms of like building up the uh potential cash in targets and the fact that like at least for me personally, it kind of feels like this upcoming PLE is like the moment for Damian Priest. Like you either fucking do it now or 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 don't do it. Yeah, like they were they were really pushing that. Um 
And that's what kind of why I was thinking that whole Drew scenario, because I don't think he's I think there's some type of judgment day shenanigans. You know, I'm I'm still waiting for them to bust out the other briefcase or something, man. Yeah, it it would be. It would be interesting if they were to do that. I still like I want that to kind of happen because I feel like that would be super fucking spicy. And then like. Have we ever seen that before? I don't think we've ever seen any contract shenanigans like that. I mean, I, I don't know the rules behind it, but like clearly it's the WWE. They can make up the rules as they go. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure like how exactly they would handle that, but I mean to have like Finn come out and cash in instead with the real briefcase or something that would be glorious. Yeah, or even if they don't cause him to have a failed cash in, even if he goes out there and attempts to cash in and the briefcase is empty and the ref's like, I, I can't do anything for you. That would still fuck him and the judgment day could still turn on him and that could still keep him somewhat strong, even though he lost, he still quote unquote has that contract because it could maybe the contract's in his name, right? He just didn't he just doesn't physically have it. I don't know. It doesn't make as much sense, but at least he'd still have it and he could potentially have that threat to cash in on uh Drew. But, you know, Judgment Day's got to beat him up really bad and put him in the hospital. Then he's going to come back at the Rumble like, I'm coming for you, Drew. I mean, he could give us a curveball and cash in on the winner of the United States Championship match. I swear to God, we like don't waste my time on on a mid title. We're going to the U.S. title is in a good spot right now with Logan Paul's going to take it. And then he's going to give it to Kevin Owens and we're going to coast from there. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, we could get a failed cash in on Roman Reigns or as Priest said, he could make LA Knight have the shortest universal title reign of all time, which as fun as that would be, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, we're going to get interference and uh, LA Knight's going to lose. So. Enjoy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, upcoming this week, we've got the taped episode of SmackDown that already occurred. It was taped, I believe, back to back with the last episode of SmackDown. And we've got night two of Halloween Havoc, or we've got, uh, I believe, two, three title matches. We've got Dom defending against Nathan Frazier. Uh, we have Ilya uh, Dragunov, Carmelo Hayes, and then we we do have a third title match, don't we? Yes, we have the women's WWE Tag Championship match uh, with JC Jane, Thea Hale versus Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Um, somebody please fucking take the titles from from them. Like, I, it's not going to be JC Jane and Thea Hale. It would be awfully fun, but. I would just like to say that this this is this to me the most missed opportunity of the night. They only had one Halloween themed match. Yes, they had a couple like costume segments and whatnot, but the, all they had was that trick or street match. They should have had where the witch is at. They should have had Isla Dawn Alba Fire versus Natalia, not Natalia, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven 
for the tag titles and should have taken. I mean, it was it was the night before Halloween. It was their spooky episode. It felt like that's what should have happened. They should have had a, a witch's cauldrons match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me some sort of shit like that. Like, you know, they got them playing up the cursed aspect of the belts and all this bullshit. And so, yeah, that's that's what I would have wanted. And you know what? That's a that's the kind of title that okay, you you want to give somebody a reason to watch a go home episode, you know, we all expect nothing big to happen. That's how you make something big happen. You know that you're not going to put these girls on a big PLE. They're not on the Crown Jewel card. They're not going to be on the Survivor Series card because the division is just fucking dead. So you know what? Change change title hands on the go-home episode of Raw for the Women's WWE Tag Championship. I thought that would have been a recipe for success. Yeah, find it like... Finally do something because I think what they did was they took some steps back in that division, in my opinion, with this match. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out whatever plan they have going forward. Maybe Zia Lee will get a tag partner and that's, she'll just kick both those girls' heads off. You know what? Maybe, maybe that's how Jade Cargill is going to debut. We're going to get Zia Lee and Jade Cargill versus Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin. <laughs> Jade Cargill better not be in no motherfucking tag team, <laughs> especially not with Zia Lee. All right, bro. I actually this this is it. That's what Jade Cargill's first match is going to be. She's going to come to Raw. Her first match is going to be Zia Lee. Zia Lee is going to pop off that spinning roundhouse trouble in paradise kick, kick Jade Cargill in the head, and Jade isn't even going to move. It's like when somebody tries to shoulder check Otis. You know what I mean? Like she's going to make clear, clean contact, and Jade Cargill is just going to be standing there. And then she's going to grab her, she's going to hit her with the dated, and she's going to questionably pin her and lick her hand and count to three, and then everybody's going to be like, wow. Yes. Yes. All right. There you go, WWE. We just keep handing you scripts, man. Still waiting to be on that payroll. Yeah, man. Free money, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Take us home, my dog. Well, 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 here we are once again. And we thank you once again for allowing us to make your lives just that bit less miserable. Until next time, we will have some night two Halloween Havoc action on NXT and the go home episode of SmackDown right before we get into Crown Jewel. It was a pleasure. Y'all stay safe and have a great evening. Yeah. Thank you.